Welcome back to the St. Effects Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Catch, the Chair of the Economics Department here at St. Francis Xavier University. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing the issue of careers in economics. Now, if you're a first-year student who just arrived on campus, you might think that it might be pretty early to start thinking about jobs and careers. But in fact, when it comes to planning your courses of study, it actually makes sense to look ahead to where you want to end up in a few years' time, and then working backwards, you can start figuring out what courses you need to take in order to get you to where you want to be. So if you want to operate a jackhammer on a construction site, for example, uh, I probably should be honest and say that you might not want to be studying economics at university right now. In fact, there are a better course of study for you to take in order to prepare you for that sort of career. But if you want to work in an environment where you have to tackle difficult issues, work collaboratively, influence decision makers, and possibly have an impact on millions of lives, then definitely you should consider studying economics and consider pursuing a career in economics. As we discussed in episode one of this podcast, economics is all about allocating scarce resources to satisfy unlimited needs and wants. And every area of society is faced with these kinds of constraints and these kinds of problems. So therefore, economists can be found working in all sorts of different areas. If you search the word economist, however, in job ads, you might not in fact get that many hits. This is because a lot of students who have studied economics actually find employment in careers that have the word analyst appended to it. For example, housing market analyst, stock market analyst, automotive analyst, forestry analyst, dairy analyst, and so on. What many of these careers have in common is that in all cases, you would be required to study an issue, look at the data, analyze it, and come up with a specific course of action or a specific decision that either you need to implement or that you have to advise a decision maker to implement. For example, I once worked as a project analyst for Natural Resources Canada within the Mega Projects Division. So my job was to help advise the Government of Canada whether or not it should invest in certain mega projects. So in all cases, we had to give a very precise yes or no kind of recommendation. Now, this was the early 1990s, and so a lot of the projects that we advised on actually ended up being implemented. Here are certain examples. We had to advise on whether or not the Government of Canada should invest in the Hibernia offshore oil project off Newfoundland. So as part of the analysis we had to look at the costs involved in having the government invest in this project relative to the benefits that would accrue from it over the next 10, 20, or 30 years. And if the benefits outweigh the costs, then you advise the government to go ahead with the project and invest in it. 
Another example, I was asked whether or not the government should consider building a new nuclear reactor in Chalk River, Ontario. Now, I don't know much about nuclear reactors, but as an economist, I certainly understand costs and benefits. What was unique in the situation is that the existing reactor in Chalk River, which dated back to the 1950s and was coming to the end of its lifespan, was actually quite crucial for producing radioactive isotopes that could be used for diagnostics in cancer patients. And this particular reactor in Chalk River produced about 40% of the world's such medical isotopes. So therefore, we had to advise whether or not the government should invest its scarce resources, because recall in the early 1990s, the government was running substantial deficits and didn't have too many funds at its disposal. And we had to weigh that against the probability of the old reactor breaking down and therefore causing a, a shortage of, of radioactive isotopes for medical diagnostics. Third example, again within the same job, we had to study whether or not an ethanol plant should be constructed in Ontario. Now you may know that ethanol is a renewable uh, fuel that is produced using corn and in fact is mixed in with lots of gasolines nowadays. And in the early 90s we were asked whether or not the government should invest in such a project that, that would help to produce more environmentally sustainable fuel. Now this job was certainly only one example of the kinds of issues that economists could encounter but it also shows the breadth of topics that could be covered ranging from resource extraction, nuclear reactor construction, and investment in renewable fuels. Now, if your, if your analysis is sound and you make the proper recommendations, this could have impacts on thousands of lives going forward. And in fact, the province of Newfoundland benefited greatly, for example, from the existence of the offshore Hibernia project for at least a full generation. Now, we don't like to talk about money, but of course that's a question at the back of everyone's mind. How much can you make with an economics degree? The short answer, quite a bit. To find some evidence on salaries, I did a quick internet search, and here are three of the articles that I came across. The first one is from Slate.com, and the article is titled, Want to be Stinking Rich? Major in Economics. And this was published back in 2014. Now, this is a bit sensationalist as a title, but nevertheless, the salary evidence in the United States does suggest that, you know, the top economics majors do end up making quite a bit of money. So by referring to a study known as the Hamilton Report, they actually study the earnings of different majors according to the percentiles in which these majors rank. So if you're an average or below average earner in your field, engineers tend to basically make the most money up to the 57th percentile. But beyond that, in other words, in the top 40th percentiles, economics majors tend to make the most money. And in fact, by the 95th percentile, they can expect to make $3 million more than engineers would for the same percentile. So this is probably at the upper end of the salary differences that we can expect to see by majors, but nevertheless, quite informative. A second article, this one from the visualcapitalist.com, 
asks, which college degrees get the highest salaries? And this is an article from 2018. And this tracks the salaries of 1.2 million university grads in the United States over time, so it's quite extensive. So the study tracks both beginning and mid-career salaries, and the article finds that the top five areas of study include chemical engineering, computer engineering, electrical engineering, aerospace engineering, then economics. So in other words, out of the more than 50 fields of study that are tracked, economics ranks highest among all non-engineering subjects. And finally, we can refer to Monster.com, which has an article called Nine Degrees That Put You on the Fast Track to $100,000. So again, this is an American study, and so $100,000 is considered still a lofty objective. And going through the list of top degrees, we find Petroleum Engineering number one, Computer Engineering number two, Economics number three, Chemical Engineering number four, and Applied Mathematics at number five. So once again, Economics is the top non-engineering degree for earners. So how do you join the ranks of these high achievers, difference makers, and high income earners? St. Effects Economics is in fact a bit of an anomaly on campus because it in fact has more honor students than it does majors. The reason for this anomaly is that economics is the only subject on campus that can draw honor students from the faculties of arts, science, and business. So in fact it is possible to graduate with an honors BA, BBA, or BSc with some degree of specialization in economics. We will specifically discuss the different economics programs available at St. Effects as part of episode 3, but suffice to say right now that the students that have gone through the honors program in St. Effects economics in the past several years have in fact gone on to pursue very enviable careers. About half of our students have gone on to work for the public sector, either at the provincial or federal level, and these would include positions for departments such as the Department of Finance, Environment Canada, the Parliamentary Budget Office, and the Bank of Canada. Within the private sector, our graduates have ended up in positions related to financial analysis, asset management, or consulting in institutions such as Scotiabank or TD Bank and Charles River & Associates. If you haven't yet done so, I would encourage you to visit the Department of Economics webpage at www.mysenefx.ca/economics and to download our Economics Student Handbook which has a lot of additional information regarding the stories of our graduates and where they've ended up. So just to summarize, economics can lead to many interesting, 
and varied careers that can have meaningful impacts on people's lives. And at the same time, they can also lead to very comfortable salaries. So if this is something that you think might interest you in the future, in the next podcast episode, we're going to specifically talk about the different programs in economics we have here at St. Effects and the skill sets that you will acquire to help set you apart in the job market later on. So we hope that you will tune in to episode three. And once again, my name is Greg Catch, the chair of the economics department here at St. FX, and I hope you have a great rest of the day.